What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN. Don't don't go crazy just because Ethan has the glasses off. Y'all don't have to freak out right now. For those of y'all on podcast form, y'all got to check this one out because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But you know, it's also a once in a lifetime opportunity as we're eight days away from the draft, Ethan. I wasn't even talking about Wimbyama, actually. I was going to say it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity right now. I guess technically we still have seven days. But to get through the rest of these position groups before the draft, Ethan, to have our pre-draft position breakdown, mm-hmm. th- this is this is the time. We got to do it. And today is the shooting guards, Ethan. And I think yes. this is going to be a fun one because we're going to talk about two guys that I think, and we'll talk about some, some other people too, but the main two guys that we'll talk about, Devin Vassell and Malachi Branham, are two guys that, you know, I think both you and me believe if, if everything works out, you never know with trades, just with the future, especially with Wembenyama coming in. Um, but just as of right now and what we've seen from them, they're two guys that, I mean, like if you're telling me for the next like five, six years, this is, that's going to be our two shooting guards, I'm going to feel pretty dang good about it. Yeah. Yeah, for real. And, and we're assuming, of course, that Malachi will be the sixth man going into next season and he's the, you know, the backup shooting guard to Devin Vassell who kind of had a nice jump last season despite having injuries. But like you said, in, in four to five years, like who knows who's actually starting? Because Malachi, to me, has that kind of potential yeah. to possibly overjump Devin. But at the same time, Devin's shown flashes where you're like, this guy could be an all-star or even the second best player on the team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this season, Devin Vassell, 18 and a half points, 3.9 boards. Um, let me check the numbers again here. 3.6 assists. I'm about to go to basketball reference because, Ethan, th- this is going to be a little bit of a this will be a little bit of an off topic tangent here that I want to go on. But I really just want to touch on Devin Vassell's improvement because I think it's so important yeah. to keep in mind like this context, whenever we talk about our rookies right now, I understand that it's different circumstances last year. And that's why, like, you know, we, you just mentioned Malachi, who knows, maybe Malachi ends up being the better player. You You never know because, you know, we saw so much from him in this past season because of the, the, the nature of the team. Right. Mm -hmm. But, but let's just look at Devin Vassell's, um, his three seasons in the NBA so far and and what his stats have been an improvement. I'm not going to pull this up on the, on the screen share, but I'm just going to read them to you. So his first season, five and a half points, you know, uh, barely uh, 0.9 assists, 0.7 steals. Um, He he did have three rebounds, basically 2.8 rebounds. That was about it. Right. That was his total stats that season. Obviously it's his rookie season, but he did play 62 games, um, which is pretty, interesting um but still it says minutes played per game it says he averaged 17 minutes that rookie year which is interesting i didn't realize he started seven games his rookie season also but regardless it was his rookie season you saw the numbers i'm sure that was due to injuries um and then in his second season 71 games jumps up to 12 points uh 1.9 assists a steal per game and uh 4.3 rebounds right Mm -hmm. so you see the little jump there but here's the this season, and I know it's only 38 games because of the sore knee and everything, but I think any person who watched Spurs games this year, especially if you're a Jazz or what was the other game where Devin went off? Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. If you're a Jazz or a Hawks fan, you know that Devin Vassell is like, mm-hmm. as much as the Spurs are still rebuilding next season, like you know that Devin Vassell 
has has the potential to get some clutch buckets and and be a dog, you know, in, in oh, those yeah. in those clutch moments. I mean, literally on Laurie Markin and their best player. Obviously, the Jazz, you know, weren't even in the play-in. But I'm just saying that was a objectively better team than the Spurs this year, you know. And you know, just really in his career, Laurie Markin is ahead of Devin Vassell. Yeah, and he's you know seven feet tall, and that I I will never forget that behind the back. Uh, yeah. step back jump shot in the mid range on the elbow in that game, dude. Like, I don't care about this season. I could, as you can see, I'm already going on the tangent on it, Ethan. But, but let's get back to this season. Devin Vassell jumped up to 18 and a half points, 3.9 rebounds, 3.6 assists, and stayed steady with a steal a game. And the thing that stands out to me too, Ethan, is really if you watched most of the games. It was more like 25 and five. That's just what the averages came out because there were some games where obviously you have off games, but the majority of the games he had around 25 and five, which is why his stats are what they are. And to do that at 22 years old in his third season, um, you know, that I just think that this is I really wanted to mention this because when we talk about guys like Blake Wesley, I think this is something that we need to keep in mind. I'm not saying that he's going to even maybe he doesn't work out. But I'm just saying, let's not write him off yet when we've seen this type of development from Devin and Kelvin. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and just ignoring the numbers. I mean, the numbers speak right. volumes, obviously. But in the first season, he played 60-something games, like you said. But he was playing with some older veteran guys like Rudy, like Patty, like DeMar, DeJounte even. So obviously, he's not going to get as many touches. He was an off-ball player, too. He was just a 3-and-D guy that was, first year. That's what I was going to say. He was drafted as a 3-and-D guy. And so that's basically all he did. He sat in a corner and he did his best on defense to be a solid one-on-one perimeter defender. And I think he succeeded in that role. Um, he came back the next season and he added a little bit to his game. He was a little bit stronger. He could take the hole a little bit better. You know, still not a huge jump, but he was playing alongside DeJounte Murray, Keldon Johnson, all those things. But now he's completely redefined his game. Like, yes, he could still knock down the three-point ball, um, be a floor spacer, all those things, spot up, run off screens. But he's also a much better ball handler, extremely improved in that area of his game. He can come off screens. He has the mid-range jumper, the in-between game. He, he showed off his around. bag this year. Absolutely. And I think that stems from his rookie year when, when Rudy Gay said, he's my, he's my guy. He's my rook. And, and he spoke you know, heavily about how Rudy Gay was the guy that he looked up to in the That's locker That's a really room. good point. Rudy Gay was a dog back in his Sacramento Kings Absolutely. days. Absolutely. Um, I mean, especially the in the mid range, even with the Spurs, he was, he was still like that mm-hmm. in the mid range. He was yeah. a walking bucket. So it makes sense that that's kind of how he's, his game has evolved and he's yeah. become in my eyes next to Malachi, the best, you know, score off the dribble as far as Absolutely. creating his own shot. Yeah. Yeah. And he got a way stronger. I mean, the dude is yoked now when he came into the league, he was mm-hmm. a string bean. Yep. And the last note I'll have on his game is confidence wise. He came in super timid. He wasn't mm-hmm. much of a talker, kind of quiet in interviews, um, not much of a social media presence. Yeah. He's a completely different guy. I mean, he is outspoken. He He's he's arrogant, but not in a bad Y'all way. Y'all stop like, coming in that Victor dude. Yeah, right? Like, <laughs> like uh, 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 what's uh, the word I'm looking for? Delirious I confidence. But I like that in a guy with his skill set and his game because he has all the measurables. It was just a matter of getting confident, getting in the gym, and he has consistently proved – that he is that guy that deserved to be drafted in the lottery. Yeah. So give him a completely healthy off season. As far as we know, no, Forget no he's a lottery pending. pick too, man. Lottery pick. I mean, when he, like you said, like the 25 points a game when he's, when he's right, I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but he no, definitely. No, no, no. I meant 25 and five. 
Like, like he, uh, he really, this season, that's what I was saying earlier. Like I was, because the stats were 18 and a half, but it was basically 18, four and four. And I was just Mm -hmm. saying the reason it's that is because you have some off games here and there, but the majority of the games this season that he played, it was, it was, he was getting around 25 and five. And how many of those, I wonder how many of those. That's a great stat line for like a, that's like a, obviously once again, unique circumstances this season. And I don't want people to take this the wrong way when I say this, but that's like a Devin Booker esque, like uh, stat line. Yeah, for sure, and and similar games like at this point in their yeah. career. Obviously, Devin Booker's like at the, extremely right. prolific. Not trying to things. say that he'll be Devin yeah. Booker. That's not what absolutely we're saying. not. But I think Devin came in with a better better floor defensively, maybe than Devin yeah. Booker. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the sky is the limit for this kid because of how much he has improved from year to year. And even when he was injured, he was out for, what, 50-something games? He was always on the bench, and he was always vocal. Yes. He was always cheering on the guys. That's Big chemistry, dude. And he, as Ken far as Birch, know, where are you at, bro? That's right. There's Ken Birch. If <laughs> Devin could be there, Ken That Birch probably actually wasn't his fault. No, the team was not. like, go, we'll pay you, do whatever. <laughs> but I, I feel like I'm rambling right now, but I think you get my No, point. you're not. No, yeah, I got your point. Definitely a yeah. dog. And I'm, I'm extremely excited to see what he can do with a healthy offseason next to the full team who also has had a healthy offseason, not going wood as far as we know, and Victor Wembanyama coming aboard. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Absolutely. And, and I, you know, also, his knee shouldn't be chronically sore anymore. So that should yeah, be nice, too. Surgery not have to manage that as much during the season. Right. Last year was the perfect time to do it. Um, yeah, man, when it comes to Devin, you basically said it all. I think the thing, like I already talked about his improvement. Obviously, yeah. that's what I opened up with. But the biggest thing that I want to hit on that, that you also touched on is how even like last year, um, and when I say that, I don't mean like this past season. I mean, the season before that. So that'd be 21-22. Um, let me double check that. Yep, yep, right. Uh, he was still kind of, there were a little bit of involvements in his game, but I was still kind of thinking of him as a 3 and D guy. Now, granted, yep. obviously, when we traded DeJounte, I knew his role was going to increase, and I was very excited to see what his potential could be. I'm sure we could go back and, you know, there's videos of us, me and you talking about how excited we are for this new era with Devin and Kelvin. Right. Um, but still, man, his bag this year, like the, that, I feel like that really, like he may have always had that, you know, like, and, and just didn't get to show it that much, but I feel like that was the the thing that really just, changed his trajectory this season as you mentioned as a lottery pick he was a three and d guy and you can i mean some three and d guys i I, this is an exaggeration but some three and d guys like that that are they can become all-stars um right and 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 they're still you know big scores but they're still mainly kind of those two things you know what i mean um yeah he just he introduced us to a completely different part of his game this season and you know he wears 24 he's got the leg sleeve we know Kobe's his inspiration. He wears them. Um, yeah, man. It, it just. Yeah. I was gonna um, say I, I can anyways. I can name three three and D guys right now that became all stars that are like I could see being compared to Devin Vassell, and that's 
Chris Middleton, Jimmy Butler, Paul George. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like you could say, those guys are a little bit bigger than him, but but still, I, I understand what you're saying, especially with, with Chris Middleton and PG. Um, but yeah, just like that was a whole different layer to his game, and you can see the Kobe influence. For like sure. it, it was, that's what you really got to see this season. I'm not saying he's going to be Kobe, but I'm just saying he has that back. He can go get a bucket on top of being a reliable spot-up shooter and reliable defender. So you know, it's really just kind of like, and I'm sure with Malachi, bro, they're just pushing each other. I hope you know? so. So, I mean, that that leads right into that, Ethan. Um, we'll talk about Malachi. I mean, I, I've mentioned it so many times. Many Spurs fans know, led all rookies in scoring in February with 16 points. This was the guy who was the 20th pick of the draft. He was sitting at the top uh, of Jay Billis's top prospects available for basically, you know, almost for, from pick 12 to to 20. Um and so, like I said, I've, I've mentioned that a lot, 10.2 points, 2.7 board, boards, and, and 1.9 assists. But of course, the, the big thing, once again, being leading all rookies in scoring in February at 16 points per game when he was kind of leading the offense as well, uh, taking the ball up the court a lot when I, I believe, I don't know if that was during Trey's injury or <laughs> if Blake, it might have been also that. Because I know he was doing that off the bench, so it might have just been like Blake in the G League too, um, but played 66 games and improved tremendously throughout the season, eerily similar to the way that he improved during his freshman season at Ohio State. Yeah, huge parallel though. Parallel there. You know, he really struggled in the G League, or not the G League, the uh, Summer League. I don't know if you're yeah. that far Oh, back. yeah, no, but we we thought Blake was the most NBA-ready. I'm pretty sure I said that. Probably. We probably both did. And that's a, a, a sign of Funny how that works. Sure. Hey, yeah. me, me and Devin, me and Devin were, uh, got some L's. Yep, yep. Him with Victor, me with... Hey, yeah. But like I said, I still believe in Blake because of what we're talking about. Anyways. Yes, obviously. And, um, yeah, but I've never seen, you know, him and Jeremy Sohan, what they were both able to do from game one to game 82, as far as completely expanding their games was astounding. I mean, just to speak about Malachi for now, when he, when he got here, like he basically had one thing that was pump fake at the three point line, a couple, couple dribbles inside. And then a really flat shot that, you know, looked good. But yeah, but it just, it would hit the back iron. It would hit the front rim. And we both were like, you know, he's getting good shots. He just, can't make them you know? mm. and he's not much of a playmaker and he loses the ball sometimes but we were like I, you know but he still's got he's got good measurables like he'll come around but by the end of the year it was like give malachi the ball and get out of the way or yeah. set him the screen and let him come off that screen and let him let him wow you because he can get to his spots with a lot of ease and he's extremely mm-hmm. skilled especially in the in-between game and he yeah. did a, some, something tweaked with his shot where it started falling way more he got more arc on it Yes. And that's the other thing, man, when we talk about the shooting stuff, not to get into that, but that's, he's another example that gives me confidence in the Spurs shooting. And obviously he was a good shooter coming in, but we're talking about how the shot was flat and it wasn't dropping. And if you watch this season, you know exactly what we're talking about. What's up guys. You'll probably see the cut there. That's just because we had some technical difficulties, but getting back to Malachi's shooting, like I was saying, if you were a Spurs fan and you watched this season, you saw the shot go from flat. You know, he was taking the same shots the same mm-hmm. the whole the whole time. He was able to get to his spots. That was never the issue. But you saw the shot be flat. And like you said, there was a tweak where the, he got more arc under it and, and it started falling like butter. That that's mm-hmm. what it felt like. And that's one of the other things that gives me confidence in the Spurs shooting staff 
in the absence of, of Chip England. Yeah, and that shot, the smoothness, the butterness, as you described it, it translated <laughs> to his three-point range as well because right. he was kind of struggling as a spot-up shooter because of that flatness. And you know, as soon mm-hmm. as that mid-range jumper started falling, it was like, okay, I forgot I'm wet from three. So it just you know became much more consistent. And then coming off the bench is that six-man role. He uh-huh. really embraced being able to take the ball up the floor especially when we were without a backup point guard and when he was playing alongside Devontae Graham, who's more of a a shot chucker, less of a playmaker. I think Mm -hmm. he showed lots of glimpses of being able to to facilitate, not quite at a Manu Ginobili role necessarily, but kind of in a a Jordan Clarkson where, where, you know, he comes off screens and he's looking for his shot. But if the opportunity presents itself, you know, he can create a play from there by drawing a double team or, or taking it to the paint, kicking it out. You know, he's very capable in those situations to me the number one improvement he could make is just getting stronger mm-hmm. because being able to finish aggressively yeah. at the rim. He's got a lot of finesse shots. I agree. Hook shots, you know, getting under his arm, you know, English off the glass. But if he can really finish with strength amongst the towers, that would open up the rest of his game. Yeah. I would just say defensively too. Yes. Not that he's not that he's like, he's not bad. He, he's coming with a solid base. He's not like a world beater either, but mm-hmm. I just, that's that I guess where I was wowed offensively, I wasn't, and, and he might just not be that player too, but just when you're just to, to give something else for the people of, of what he could improve on, I, I would just throw in his defense as well. But I think really, uh, you know, putting on muscle is going to help with that too. Yeah. So I mean, really, that that's kind of the key there, which is the same thing with Devin. So similar. Really? Kind of eerily. I mean, yeah. Malachi came in with a different base, but they're He's kind more of, of a combo guard where, where Devin can play the three, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, and I'm glad you touched on his playmaking. We mentioned this in the last position breakdown as well, and I just have to mention it here. There could be a possibility that maybe he ends up playing point guard. Um, and I'm sure that just because, you know, obvi- I think a lot of that depends on what happens with the rest of the roster. If there are certain mm-hmm. moves that are made, maybe none of that happens. And honestly, I think probably the most likely scenario is it's him and Devin here. Um, but, you know, if he really explodes, maybe they have to move him there to, to give him some PT. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I, I'm just the fact that we got he's another late he's another Spurs first round draft pick in the 20s that was a steal. Absolutely, and very versatile. Another cut, y'all. We're having some some technical difficulties in here with the connection, but we're we're getting it to you as you can tell. And and you know, Ethan, we couldn't leave without this next guy that we're going to talk about. Man. Yeah, of course, of How course. Could we? We're not we're not stopping the video after that no. connection cut to not talk about Romeo Langford, oh, the man who proved us wrong. Will he prove us wrong again, Ethan? I I, I honestly. <laughs> Restricted free agent offer. We're giving it to him. Eight million. He's coming back. The highest paid third stringer in the league. I don't think he's gonna get the eight million. I mean, I could maybe see us, you know. I don't even know if that's what it is. That's just what it is on two K. I was just had, I had to joke. He's he's not getting the qualifying offer. Right, Let's just right. put that out. If we weren't gonna give it to Lonnie Walker, we're definitely not gonna give it to That's Lonnie such a good Walker. point. Like at least Lonnie um, was like like produced every now and then like, at least Lonnie still produced at least yeah. at least a little bit you know in the playoffs yeah, exactly and, and you know no disrespect to Romeo uh, right. in all fairness like I know no. he had dude made the team dude proved us wrong absolutely right. and, 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 and is a really solid defender 100 percent. he had flashes of being able to be a you know a pretty good 
finisher at least, you know, still struggled with shooting. I know his percentage went up, but I still didn't buy it. I didn't think it was a consistent three-point shot. No. You know, maybe it was with better. More, yeah, maybe with more play time, it would have been better next to some better players. But even when he was given consistent minutes, I think he was maybe getting 20 a game at one point for like a 10-game stretch. I know he wasn't playing with Devin. He wasn't playing with the full squad. Yeah, but, but he never really, you know, took that and ran with it in the same way that Malachi did or Jeremy yeah. did. So and I, I know he's in a different situation, but I don't see us giving him that contract. You know, if we have an open roster spot and he's still not signed and you want to give him a minimum, okay, like, sure, bring him on. He's still a good defender. If we need someone to lock someone up, sure. But uh, I, I was just never sold, quite quite frankly, on Romeo Langford. Yeah, I, you know, what I will say, Ethan, is he is, I mean, he, he, as much as the season was what it was Mm -hmm. on most teams, he, he's a pretty solid third stringer, probably an above, an above average third stringer because he wasn't, you know, he can play. Mm -hmm. He's just not, he just doesn't really do that much other than, than play solid defense, especially Um, on our team where we needed guys to produce. Like we're so bad, like. Like it, it just, it, he didn't have the impact that he maybe could have had on a different, like a playoff team. Like you're saying. No. Maybe. Fare, fare, farewell, Romeo. Oh, where, where out, where art thou? Where, where will, art thou, Romeo? Where, where art thou? Will you be after this mm. season, Romeo? Good luck to him. Yeah. So no, uh, in all seriousness, no, like genuinely we'll probably draft a player in the second round that, that plays his position. And that's just going to be, or either that, or this will be Champagne's spot. Like, yeah, it didn't it, help that happen to him. Yeah. Either. Yeah. That that's the other thing. And, and Champagne was a rookie too. So it's like, you know, you could have either, I mean, I think Champagne will probably play the three, so it'll probably just be, like I said, whoever we pick, but it's like, there's no point when you can go get a rookie contract, you know, and, and you never know with the second round pick, you know, like there's just it's just the obvious decision is to just go draft somebody this year to mm-hmm. to replace that third string role and and see what they become. I hope he gets paid. Good luck to him. Yeah, I hope he I hope he stays in the NBA. I hope he can oh, find sure. find a roster spot somewhere. I that's, think he will. That's mainly what I'm what I'm thinking. But we've covered all of them. Ethan, is there is there anybody I'm forgetting in the shooting guard realm? I know I just said Devin Malachi and Romy. I didn't think it, there would be anybody else um, no, that could I don't potentially think so. be in there other we than Champagne, probably. I would classify him as a three. Me so. too. He's six, seven. So, well, all right, y'all thanks for hanging out with us once again for this edition of SSPN pre-draft pre-off season prospect profiles. If you enjoyed today's content, don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe below. If you want to stay updated with the show and watch our live streams on Twitter, you can watch them on there as well as on YouTube as well at SSPN on YT at Jude McLaren and at Ethan underscore Quintero. We'll be back with the rest of our pre-off season prospect profiles or no, pre-off-season prospect profiles. I'm in a different world. Our pre-off-season position breakdowns, Mm, we we will be back with those uh, before the draft, with all those to get everybody set up for all that good stuff. And then if you haven't seen it already, we've got the live stream up. We will be doing a live stream during the draft to celebrate the Spurs officially getting Victor Wembenyama. We appreciate y'all. We'll catch y'all in the next one. Go Spurs, go.